Anthology presents Professor Challenger at the Precipice of Oblivion by Robert Thomas and Darren Freebury Jones, based on characters created by Arthur Conan Doyle. Part 6 Onwards and Upwards. Listeners, all things considered, my lot in life wasn't so bad. Yes, I had been mocked, mauled, marooned, nearly murdered, close to molecularized, and was decidedly miserable and most of all mystified throughout my journey with Professor Challenger. From the highlands of Scotland to the seas of the North Atlantic, then down to the devious depths of the earth with the dastardly Heinrich von Heimlich. But... It had been nearly six months since our arrival in the little village of Topumba, on the shores of the Liedenbrock Sea, and my marriage to the village chief's daughter, Saki Kiz, was going very well. Despite our betrayal by Daisy McFarlane after von Heimlich and his men stormed the village, I had managed to find myself a job as a supervisor in the newly opened Amazon Distribution Center so named as all of the Amazonian tribespeople of the Earth's surface had been enslaved and were now forced to work at bottling the life-prolonging waters of the Crystal Lake near the village. Morning, George. How was your weekend? I don't want to talk about my weekend, Peregrine. Now, now, Challenger. We've spoken about this before. Sorry. Mr. Peregrine, sir. Jolly good. You'll never get ahead in the world of business with that sort of attitude, my friend. I have absolutely no desire to get ahead in the world of business, Peregrine. Pardon? Mr. Peregrine. I say, not a brilliant way to start your half-yearly performance review, is it? Challenger had found work on the floor of the bottling plant, making me his direct superior, something that I felt terrible about and didn't make a big deal of. Now then, I've been looking at your KPIs, and I'm afraid that your quality results for the last quarter simply won't cut it. Is that so? Yes. You'll also recall that in our last one-to-one that we discussed the three company values. Yes, we did. Peregrine. Pardon? Look, you absolute plonkington! I put up with enough of this. We're making a break for it at the ceremony tonight, and you're coming with me, whether you like it or not. Listen, George. Pardon? Uh, sorry. Listen, Professor, even if we wanted to escape and get back to the surface world, we've very little hope. The only way out is guarded by von Heinrich's men, and- Ah, my two favourite employees. How are you on this fine morning? Good morning, morning, Herr Heinrich. I don't want to launch into business straight away, Philip, but I noticed in the meeting of the board that productivity was down 3% from last month. I would like a report on my desk in the morning explaining why. Uh, Of course, Herr Heinrich. I'll get to it right away. Uh, No rush, no rush. I know that performance review season can be tricky, especially with... He nodded to Challenger. I shrugged uncomfortably. I look forward to seeing you at the little parties that I am throwing in my hut tonight before the immortality ceremony, Peregrine. There will be some very important people there. People who may help further your career at the factory. I look forward to it, sir. Good. Then, with a laugh, von Heimlich strolled (laughs) out. I shut the door behind him. You're right, Challenger. It's time for us to get out of here. Oh, really? 
I thought that there was very little hope. There is even less hope of me explaining why we're 3% down on productivity. To be honest with you, I have no idea how any of these measures are calculated. I'm just a middle manager challenger. A middle manager. I don't know. What about all those seminars you attend? Oh, let's not go there. What's the plan? Well, as you can see, I've drawn up a map of our escape route. Aha! So you have been slacking on the job. I'm an academic, Peregrine. I've never done a day's hard work in my life. Anyway, the immortality ceremony is tonight, and your invite to von Heimlich's party is fortuitous indeed. I have been stockpiling machine parts, and in my spare time, have managed to build a device that will allow us to travel across the Liedenbrock Sea and escape. A raft? You built a raft? Correct. According to the account of their journey to the centre of the Earth, Liedenbrock and Axel, along with their Icelandic guide, travelled across the treacherous sea at the heart of the world, and on the southern shore found the entrance to a volcano that spat them back out in Italy. Oh good, I like pizza. Pizza will be the least of our concerns. You will need to bring enough supplies to last you a week of travelling. I shall ask Sakikis to start packing immediately. Peregrine. Yes? Look, I don't think that Suki can come with us. Why? I fear that she is breaking up our little band. I see. How unfortunate. I'm glad you understand. I have already inquired with the chief about how to get a divorce down here. Oh, very good of you. Is it easy? No. Ah. Is it at least painless? Very much no. Ah. I had better tread carefully. You'd better had. Oh good, lunch. We made our way downstairs to the canteen. I locked the door of my office and told my secretary that I was finishing for the day. Escape. Oh, how wonderful those words sounded. Yes, I had a nice salary, a loving wife, an overall fulfilling job, and a luxurious hut with a lovely view of the Crystal Lake. But responsibility was calling. I had to settle my bill at the club. My good spirits were dashed, however, as we bumped into Daisy McFarlane. I knew that she'd become head of marketing and had taken up an executive position in the company, but our paths barely crossed. Challenger, tray in hand, made straight for her. So you've sided with the scum of humanity, Daisy, eh? You've joined their silly soldiers, flexing their muscles like so many impotent beach boys. Nothing of the kind, Professor. I don't have any loyalty to the Nazis. I have always intended to eliminate von Heimlich. Then who are you working for? I'm the boss here. Daisy gestured at the women behind her, all clad in bizarre red jumpsuits and all eating packed lunches. These are my angels of death. I befriended them while on a mission to Switzerland. I'm going to help them finish their mission. And what is that mission? We identify with the Amazons, and we intend to become one of the most influential economic and cultural forces in the world. We will offer a postal service. A postal service? Yes, a postal service. How nefarious. Where we will deliver the crystal waters to all buyers, but the waters will be tainted with a deadly strain of virus, and only we have the antidote. And you will demand something in return for that antidote, I guess. We will. I haven't decided what just yet. 
But with most of the globe infected, I'm certain we could ask for whatever we want in order to vaccinate the world population. Goodness me, you Amazons sound dreadful. And I used to think you were something of a Wonder Woman, Daisy. But you were actually rather awful. Oh, I see you haven't changed a bit, Peregrine. No, but I do have a question. Go on. Don't we both already work for an influential economic and cultural force? And didn't I see in the group communication that was sent out that we'll be offering a postal service? And isn't this already the Amazon distribution service? There will be a hostile takeover by my Amazons. It's all very businessy and very complex. Ah, yes. I'm only middle management, you see, so I don't understand any of this. Will you be at von Heimlich's party tonight, Peregrine? I have been invited, yes. Von Heimlich intends to prove that the Crystal Lake truly does bestow those who bathe in it or drink from it the power of eternal youth. Well, I hope they're not drinking and bathing at the same time. Terribly unhygienic. Yeah. Will you be there, Challenger? Doubtful. Because we plan to make a break for... I checked myself. I had a tendency to run my mouth off when I got excited, which was something that von Heimlich had warned me about in my last appraisal. For the coast to have a quick fishing trip this afternoon. Catch up, you know. Uh, just two best friends. Yes. Best friends. Gosh, is that the time? Cheerio, Daisy. Challenger took me by the arm and steered me away from the canteen. We have very little chance to get this right, Peregrine. I have been planning our escape for six months, and I refuse, refuse to let you ruin it for me. Pack your things and be ready to leave when I make my move. Righto. The hours crawled by. I sat sullen in the study I had set up in my hut. Sucky Kiz tried to coax me to talk, but I couldn't face it. We had started to build a life together here, but I was about to tear down the foundation of my realigned destiny to realign it to where it was before. The sun, or rather the strange glowing orb created by the bizarre weather system in the vast centre of the earth, soon began to set as I pulled on a bow tie and strolled into the sprawling mansion that von Heimlich had built on the edge of the Crystal Lake. I was admitted by two gun-toting guards on the gate, handed a glass of champagne, and began to mingle with the guests. I was in a foul mood, and this was made fouler as I was approached by von Heimlich. Ah, Philip, good to see you. And just in time, the festivities will be starting at any moment. Yes, I can barely wait. This is everything that we have been working towards, Philip. Tonight, we will see if the life-giving waters of the Crystal Lake truly do live up to the legends about them. Oh, yes? Yes. As I have explained to you at length before, we believe that the properties of the lake will rejuvenate men, granting them godlike powers and allowing them to live forever. Oh, yes. Oh, tonight... I intend to take a swim in the Crystal Lake to prove its God-giving powers. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. And once that is done... A panic swept through the party, as with a booming rumble, an explosion tore apart the enormous stone entrance to the cavern beyond. 
We dashed out onto the patio. On the horizon, we could just make out the shape of the wall collapsing in on itself, sealing us all into the center of the earth and dooming us for good. Gott in Himmel, what has happened? An explosion, sir. It has blocked the entrance to the cavern. Go, advance. We must make sure that the exit is fully operational. The guards rushed out, hopping into a vehicle and speeding away towards the explosion. I felt a thick arm snake around my elbow, gripping me tightly and pulling me into the crowd. Out! Hey, stop! For God's sake, Peregrine, shut up! Come with me! We hurried out of the gates, skirting around the bank of the Crystal Lake and heading into the thick undergrowth of the subterranean jungle. I could hear the waves of the Liedenbrock Sea as we dashed closer to freedom. Did you pack your things? Oh, no. I, I left them in the hut. No time. Unfortunately, Peregrine, that is exactly what I expected you to do. So I packed extra. Oh, you are good. You'll certainly be getting a good write-up on your team focus value at your next one-to-one. The only one-to-one I intend to have with you, Peregrine, is where one of my feet ends up in your... Challenger! I knew it was you. Stop them! They are getting away! Saying? We don't have time for this now. Hurry, onto the raft! We hopped on board and pushed off. I looked about for the sail. The, the sail? Where is it? We'd never escape with just a sail, Peregrine. Hang on! We kicked up the waves behind us, washing the soldiers who had reached the shore with a tsunami as the boat lurched forwards. Bullets whizzed over our heads and the spray hit us in the face. The commotion on the shore was short-lived and the men retreated into the jungle as we got further away. They're not following us. We've escaped. My hope dwindled as, out of the corner of my eye, I spotted another boat. The Coast Guard? Von Heimlich has a Coast Guard? It seems so. I must admit that I wasn't expecting it. Hold on tight. He threw the boat into a wide turning arc, but our pursuers were nearly upon us. The pop and sputter of bullets pinging off the surface of the sea was all but lost in the roar of the engines, but their boat was more powerful than ours, and soon the coast guards were drawing up alongside us. Challenger! They're drawing up alongside us! Take the wheel, Peregrine! I took the wheel, and the professor launched himself across the gulf between the boats, spawning into the gunman on the back. It was then that I realised that the gunman was none other than our old red-eyed nemesis, Hans Gruber. You again? Professor Challenger! I kill you to death now! They brawled wildly, arms and legs and fists and feet flying everywhere as the boat bounced upon the turbulent waves. Then, resolved, Challenger threw his bold head into Gruber's skull, stunning him before kicking him overboard. It just isn't your day, is it? This time you really have died hard. With a vengeance. Challenger, look out! The boat's pilot pulled out a gun and fired off a single shot. It went wide, missing Challenger's naked chin and instead bouncing off the small engine of our boat, which sputtered and died. A terrible dread passed through us both as the man levelled his gun at Challenger, killing the engine of his own boat. You can't kill us both, my friend. We're trapped down here, and I know the only way out. Join us. It's not too late. 
Dear George, you overestimate your powers of persuasion. It was hopeless. Von Heimlich and his men approached in another boat, all heavily armed and very unhappy. Von Heimlich, I hope you enjoyed the fireworks. This celebration isn't over yet, Challenger. Bring them aboard. We were manhandled into the boat, where the men held us at gunpoint. I thought you knew better than to try and escape me, Peregrine. Now you will suffer the same fate as your friend. And to make matters worse, I shall withhold the sizable performance-related bonus that I was going to give you in your next wage packet. Oh, crumbs. You may as well kill me now, Heinrich. I will go back to that bottling plant. I have much greater things planned for you, Challenger. Come, we return to the party at once. We motored back to shore and were quite the spectacle as we were returned to the party in handcuffs. Daisy McFarlane was on the jetty, watching us with interest as we disembarked and were marched through the jungle, back to the edge of the Crystal Lake. The cool azure waters lapped at an observation deck that had been set up. Somewhere for us to watch the festivities. To watch? Oh, Professor, I intend for you to be an active participant. What do you mean? I need to test to see if the rejuvenative powers of the Crystal Lake really work. I wouldn't like to go for a dip and end up dead, would I? Then I would suggest that you learn how to swim. <laughs> nein, nein. You shall test the water for me, Challenger. I warn you, Von Heimlich. Once I'm a god, I'm sending you straight to hell. I do not intend to let you dip for that long. Uncuff them! The bonds were loosened and we were marched to the end of the platform. Challenger regarded the lake with confidence, but I knew that beneath the cool exterior, he was truly frightened. Now, into the water. Goodbye, Peregrine. I noticed his eyes drawn towards Daisy. You know what to do. Sorry, what? Never mind, Peregrine. He dove in gracefully and was beneath the surface of the water for a few minutes. I counted the seconds, praying for him to resurface. Then, Challenger, is that you? Of course it is. But you, your hair, your, your beard. Yes. Do you like it? The man floating before me seemed to have de-aged by about 20 years. He looked younger than the first time I had met him all those years ago in that opium den. His hair was full of life, his eyes sparkled, and he had incredible muscles, which rippled in the light of the setting sun. He had had a real glow-up. Ah! Get him out now, before the process goes too far! Challenger was dragged out of the water. He padded onto the viewing platform, toweling himself off. Be careful what you wish for, Von Heimlich. You don't want to stay in there for too long. Oh, be quiet. Now... Witness as I become a god! Von Heimlich's dive was considerably less graceful as he plunged into the crystal depths. We could just make out his figure beneath the sun-kissed surface, a shadow against the fiery ripples of the water. Unease began to move through his men and through the villagers that had thrown in with him and were now his cronies. He seemed to have been under for too long. Then... With a shudder, he burst through the water. Help! He twisted around, desperately reaching for the bank of the Crystal Lake. But every stroke he took to reach us, the further out he went. His arms were shrinking by the second, 
his frame rapidly reducing in size and stature. His voice, as he called out to us, was becoming higher and higher in pitch. You fools! Help me! Help! I cannot swim! You should have thought about that before you got in, Heinrich. Because you misread the meaning of the lake, didn't you? It isn't for eternal life, you fool. What do you mean? It's for eternal youth. Before our very eyes, von Heimlich became smaller and smaller, aging backwards until he was but a child, splashing about in the crystal depths. Then finally, he slipped beneath the surface, and his tiny figure shrank further and further, until it could barely fill one of the tiny bubbles breaking the surface. Those tiny bubbles containing his terminal breaths. Goodness me. I don't think I fancy a swim. Now! The factory exploded into a million tiny pieces, and the bottled water burst out of the containers in the warehouse and began to flood through the village. Daisy threw Challenger a gun and some clothes, and grabbing me once again by the elbow, the three of us dashed into the undergrowth. What? Where are we going? Daisy here was on our side all along, Peregrine. That's right. I had to make it appear that I'd sided with von Heimlich. The Angels of Death were on our side all along as well, and also suggested some great ideas in our marketing roundtable sessions. What? Yeah, the mission was to kill von Heimlich all along by whatever means necessary. By putting my arms around him, I was able to convince him that I was on his side. That allowed me access to the factory floor and a chance to plant the explosives. What? I'm uh, calling it the von Heimlich maneuver. Oh, wow, that's a great name. Right? Stop wittering, you two! We need to get out of here! Challenger stopped suddenly. So suddenly that I nearly bumped into him, in fact. His brow was furrowed and his ears pricked at the sound of the explosions coming from the factory. Daisy, how many explosive charges did you set? A few. A lot. Too many? Yes, it certainly sounds that way. The ground began to tremble beneath our feet. Oh, what is going on now? It would appear that the charges have started some unexpected seismic activity. The tremors we are feeling beneath us are the first wave of what I expect will be a calamitous earthquake. That doesn't sound very good. It isn't. We need to make it to the escape tunnel before the whole cavern is torn apart. But our raft is out of action. Incorrect. Our raft is very much in action. He pointed to the shore of the Liedenbrock Sea, where I could make out the villagers of Topumba climbing into a variety of rafts. Saki Kiz, my wife, was already setting sail on the boat that we had used to attempt in our earlier ill-fated escape. I rushed to the shore, but I was too late. They had cast off and were being carried away by the wake of the tremors, which sucked them off to sea. Saki Kiz, come back! She was too far away. The last sight I saw of my beloved Sucky Kiz was her waving at me, a sad smile on her face, and my entire life savings from my career at the factory in a satchel over her shoulder. Challenger approached me, and for the first time spoke to me with humility and tenderness. Plenty more fish in the sea. Come on. But she took all my money as well. 
How will I pay off my bill at the club? At the rate of these tremors, the bill at your club may be the least of our worries. But where will we go? You said the escape route was that way. Oh, Peregrine. This plan has been so intricately layered so far that you must have suspected the plan was never to escape through the volcano exit to Sicily that Liedenbrock and his nephew Axel used. This plan is very intricate, I'll concede. Come, I have already scouted out our real escape tunnel. Another booming rumble shook the whole jungle. Challenger worked furiously, cutting through flora and fauna, sweat pouring off his brow. Daisy was beside him, swinging her machete, carving our way through the thicket. Behind us, a crimson spectre shield, covering our escape. Daisy's angels of death fought off the last of von Heimlich's men, buying us enough time to escape from their clutches. Finally, we reached a clearing, filled with beautifully tented flower beds. Gosh, this is nice. My weekend project. I'm glad you like it. Yes, the blend of colours is remarkable. What a wonderful skill. Thank you. He bent down and pulled on a piece of rope, protruding through the flower bed, which pulled the whole bed up on a hinge, revealing a trap door. Goodness me, Challenger, how did you keep this secret from the Germans? Fortunately for us, Nazis do not like gardening. I see. This leads downwards, Challenger. Don't we need to go up? We must go down together to come up together. This passage will take us into a series of pressure chambers, where the superheat- The superheat? Have any better ideas, Peregrine? Been doing your own planning, have you? Got an escape route of your own, do you? I- I didn't think so. No. While you were sense-checking spreadsheets and fussing about with cost-saving seminars, I was busy doing some actual work. Oh, I wish you applied yourself so thoroughly in the factory. Shut up, Peregrine. He hauled me into the tunnel, and I began to slide downwards. The last sight that I had of the subterranean world above my head was of a huge column of fire erupting from the centre of the Liebenbrock Sea, before lava sprayed everywhere and a cloud of ash swept across the jungle. Then it was nothing but blackness, as together the three of us skidded along the tunnel. The craftsmanship of the walls was exceptional. Challenger had done a good job. Good work, Professor! Thank you. Then, with a crush, as our bodies came together, we reached the bottom, finding ourselves in the depths of an enormous well. The heat was becoming unbearable. Gosh, it's terribly hot in here. Shall I take some layers off? On the contrary. I would suggest you put these on. He snatched two sets of diving suits from a locker behind the wall of the shaft, tossing them to us before grabbing his own and pulling it on, struggling to fit his enormous, voluminous, bushy beard inside. What are these for? For the heat. Come on, quickly! We haven't much time! He checked a clock that he had set into the wall, and I could see him mouthing the seconds in a silent countdown. He mashed a helmet onto his head. Daisy and I did the same. Professor Challenger, what is going on? Peregrine. Yes? Going up. Ah! We shot skywards like a rocket, whooshing up from the floor as we were captured by the superheated gas. I screwed my eyes shut and my courage to the sticking place as we hurtled through the darkness. Out of the corner of my eye, 
just about make out challenging checking a wristwatch and comparing it with another gauge that he had attached to his diving suit. The pressure was intolerable, and I feared that it would never end. But after an hour or so of travelling upwards in a sweaty diving suit, the journey became more boring than terrifying. I wish that we had a deck of cards to pass the time, but it would have been difficult to play gin rummy or a quick round of baccarat. I considered making some notes of the adventure, but realised that I had also left my notepad behind in my now presumably immolated hut. How are you two doing? Oh, the pressure in my ears, it hurts. Try holding your breath. Oh, good, much better. Yes, it's an interesting phenomena. It is known as ear barrel trauma and occurs when the air pressure in your middle ear and the air pressure in the environment are out of balance. It is also known as barotitis media or aerotitis media. Look, look, a tiny prick of light. I've been looking at a tiny prick this entire time. What? I said, the crater of the volcano approaches. We will begin to feel our velocity decrease. But if my calculations are correct, then we shall be deposited right on the edge of the crater of Mount St. Helens in the state of Washington, in the northwest of the United States of America. With any luck, you will be in Seattle for dinner. Gosh, that's wonderful. We're saved. You are welcome. As if on cue, I felt our velocity decrease until it felt as though we were floating. The tiny spot of light above us grew bigger and bigger until our entire vision was taken up by the bright sunlight above. I held my breath in anticipation, and then, suddenly, we emerged out of the crater, landing heavily on the grassy ridge. There! We have made it! We have returned from the precipice of oblivion! And I have recovered my hair. A successful mission, I would say. How very worthwhile. Now, which way is Seattle? Is it to the east of the giant stone head, or, or to the west? I, I can't really get my bearings. Ah, uh, yes. The giant stone heads. I don't ever recall there being giant stone heads around the crater of Mount St. Helens, Challenger. That, Daisy, is because I'm afraid there has been a very slight... Miscalculation. Slight? Which part of the United States are we in? Yes, about that. You will notice that we are surrounded on all sides by the sea, Peregrine. Yes? And you notice that at the edge of this, what can only be described as an island, there are large stone heads, commonly known as Moai. Yes? And you see that there are no signs of civilization for miles around. Yes? I believe that in escaping the centre of the Earth, we have arrived instead on Easter Island. Easter Island? Yes, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. That's not exactly ideal, is it? No. And to make matters worse, Peregrine... Don't say it. You'll notice... Please, don't. ...that there is a distinct lack... No, Professor, please. ...of kangaroos. Of course. Daisy and Challenger began their trek down the mountain, debating the best way to craft a life raft out of one of the giant stone heads. I hung back for a moment, feeling the sun on my face for the first time in six months. It must have been summer in this part of the world, and with the delightful warmth covering my sweaty body, I was reminded that it was at the peak of a sultry English summer, 
when gin and tonic flowed as freely as the crystal waters of the Thames north of London, that I found myself set upon a collision course, once again with destiny, the result of which had seen me thrust northwards to the harsh, desolate wilds of the Scottish Highlands, and thereafter into the second most incredible adventure of my life. Once again it had started like any other summer and became an adventure, the likes of which I really, really hope this time I would never experience again. Professor Challenger at the Precipice of Oblivion starred Robert Durbin as Philip Peregrine, Darren Freebury-Jones as Professor Challenger, Avian Apcadno as Hans Gruber, Alex Mann as Heinrich von Heimlich, and Laura Phillips as Daisy McFarlane. You've been listening to an anthology production written and directed by Robert Thomas and Darren Freebury-Jones.